We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Raptors Nation. Sean Davis here for the Raptors Nation. You're home for everything Raptors. The Raptors are back to 500. I don't have the schedule from me, but I don't even remember the last time we've been able to say that, Luca. It's been a minute for sure. The Raptors get a massive win over the Miami Heat. No Jimmy Butler, but nonetheless, a huge win to keep pace in a really weird play-in race in the, in the Eastern Conference where 6-9 through nine all feels like it can go up in flames at, at any time. Luca Rosano joining me as always. Luca, how you doing, man? And the Raptors finally back to 500. Yeah, I was just scrolling on my phone to look at it. I have it here. So, uh, yeah, the last time the Raptors were 500 prior to tonight, December 9th. Uh, they were 13 and wow. 13 at that time. So it took 109 days and six opportunities. Uh, this is via Josh Lewinberg on Twitter for the Raptors to hit 500. So that is absolutely in- insane, Sean. I mean, I- I'm just happy this team is back to 500. I- I'm not even going to you know, overstated, overlook it. I mean, that is just huge. Like given the rocky season that this has been, I mean, fans of this team have been in hell since December, just experiencing this roller coaster of a season where the Raptors would win a couple, lose a couple, be a couple under 500. And like every time it looked like, okay, they're finally going to crack that 500 mark. They will lose one or two in a row. And finally, they get it done, and they do it by beating a Miami Heat team that you can never, uh, you know, you can you, you can never count out the Heat. I know the Heat aren't the same scary Heat team that they once were, and they didn't have Jimmy Butler in this one. But that's still a veteran team. That's a team that's very well coached, and that's a team that knows how to win big games. And I thought this was one of the better Raptors wins this season. And, uh, yeah, the Raptors, they not only won, they pretty much controlled this game and, uh, you know, took care of business when they needed to in the fourth quarter. So uh, I know we'll get into it more, but yeah, just my initial reaction is we're back to 500 and the Raptors are building some momentum now. Yeah. And that, and that's the biggest thing. Cause I, I don't think you're, you're building for this year. So in like, in terms of like when we talk about momentum or whatever, I don't think uh, the momentum's not doing anything this year. I think when you use the word momentum, you're like trying to convince not only your front office, but your fan base that heading into next year, you can run back, not the whole team. I think at, in some capacity, something has to change, but you can run back a similar molded team, but with some tweaks, uh, 
thrown in. So, like, now you can say, okay, you know, maybe we'll look into bringing back uh, a, a Pascal and a Gary Trent. Brad, still, we're going to, you know, send you on your way. Love you. Appreciate you for contributing to a championship and all that good stuff and helping us stay relevant post Kawhi Leonard. But we're going to move elsewhere. I still think something has to change. But from a, like, you use the word momentum, the Raptors are finally building that momentum. We were talking off camera about this, Luca. Like, it just sucks that the Raptors are hitting it when it probably is going to mean nothing, little to nothing. Like, it helps them basically, like, unofficially clinch a play-in spot. But, like, at it, it, the end of the day, in the grand scheme of things, them getting on a pretty nice run, actually, all things considered, it really doesn't mean much uh, because of when they're doing it and how rocky the first, what, 50 games were. So uh, that, yeah. that, that's for sure. No, I understand that point. We're talking about that off air where it's like, where was this before, right? The Raptors stringing together these wins. They've won, I think it's something like nine of their last 10 home games. They're, you know, getting it together. Uh, six and four in their last 10. They've won three in a row, which I don't think we mentioned at this point. The Raptors no, won three straight basketball games, which is just insane um, considering how the season has gone. And yeah, I, I know um, you want to look at big picture things and all that. But yeah, for this one, I'm just going to kind of savor it that this team actually got back to where they needed to be. And I know, unfortunately, it, it might be a case of too little too late just because of uh, teams ahead of them and teams needing to lose and the Raptors needing to win these final six games. We'll get into that a little bit later on for them to realistically make a push in the playoffs. But I think at this point, Raptors are just trying to play this out the best that they can. They're just going out there, winning these games, playing good basketball, and that's what us, the fans, want to see. So um, in a game like this specifically, you look at a guy like Scotty Barnes and, you know, you just marvel towards his excellence and you start to get excited about how good he can continue to be and you start to get excited about, wow, like this is what happens when Scotty Barnes has the ball in his hands and how is he going to look with this team next season and how is he going to continue to develop? Because I mean, like, that's the main takeaway in this one for me. Uh, Scotty Barnes was just light out. You talk about the points, the assists. Uh, I, I don't think he had a turnover in this one, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Scotty Barnes was just all over this basketball game. Seven rebounds. He almost had a triple-double. He had a, a highlight reel dunk over a couple of Heat players. This is Scotty's team. And we're not seeing it now because obviously there's guys like Dan Lee on this team, still Siakam, but... In due time, I firmly believe that this is going to be Scotty Barnes's team in a couple years, and we're just going to continue to see his growth, and those wings are going to continue to flap, and we see all the good things that happen with Scotty Barnes. So I was, it was great to see him play well, and you know what? Seeing him playing well along with OG and Pascal Siakam, like it's been such an up-and-down season where you would be lucky if like one or two of those players at most had a good game to get all three of those guys having a good game together. We finally saw that in this one. And they were all like kind of like different, different stretches of the game too. like Scotty, I think had like 14 in the first quarter or something along the lines, but I've been 12 in the first quarter. Right. And then slowly like OG sprinkles in like seven around halftime. Then he gets going in the third and hits a couple threes in the fourth. And Pascal was kind of just, mostly for the most of the game, the, the steady second option. But 
I, I want to wrap up my point really quickly about how well the Raptors have been playing, and I'm going to add on to your point about Scotty Barnes. The Raptors in, in the month of March, they played 14 games so far. They're, they play one more Friday night against the Sixers. Even though their record in the month of March is 7-7, seven and seven, so you're like, hey, Sean, Luca, what are you guys talking about? You know, they're 7-7. Seven and seven, That's 500, and it took, they had to win three straight to get to that against the, the Pistons, who are really bad, the Wizards, who I don't think had Bradley Beal, and then the Heat without Jimmy Butler. This team for throughout the month of March, I think Luca would agree with me when I say this, they are a way better team than 7-7 seven and seven over the month of March. Like, you look at the Nuggets game, the first one in Denver, which they should have won, the Clippers game, which honestly they should have, they could have been, maybe even should have won that game too. You're a fourth quarter choke job away from being the Lakers. That's three wins. Right, and obviously you're not gonna win every game. Or there's gonna be reasons for every game. You, you're uh, as Luca uh, called it after the Bucks game. You're a Pascal Siakam fourth quarter choke job away. Yeah, from beating the Bucks. Like that's four wins, all against quality teams, if not the best team in basketball, and maybe the second best, third best team in basketball on the Nuggets. Like that's four wins that should be on your record if you took care of business and, and or. If in the, the Nuggets game case, you don't get the worst technical foul or just ejection I've seen ever. So, like, that that's the thing, man. This Raptors team is playing well. They're playing together again. And they're starting to win games. And like you said, Luke, with Scotty Barnes, I, I put it on the screen here. Scotty Barnes, like, breakout. Like, he, he had the sophomore slump at the start. But the most impressive thing is just, like, seeing him midseason – and the, the Raptors as a team midseason kind of figure it out and say, okay, here's what we have to do. And, and Scotty's been excellent, really, over the past month, maybe even month and a half or so. He's been brilliant. And like you said, OG, who we've been more so me kind of critical of in the past, him just being consistently really good finally in terms of his scoring production. Uh, so that that's definitely great to see as well. Yeah, I think those are some great points brought up, and uh, they have definitely been playing a lot better. You take the the full scope of the March games, and yeah, you could have easily uh, made a case in some of those games that the Raptors could have very well won those games. Um, so yeah, I mean, at this point, given everything that's gone on, Raptors for 38 and 38, dead stuck at 500. They got six games left, but before we get too excited, I will say this. If the Raptors want to show people that they were right in terms of buying and all that and going for it this season, they're going to have now their truest test, in my opinion, coming up because they got six games left. Five of those six are going to be on a, on the road, a place where the Raptors have not fared well this season, 12 and 24 on the road. I mean, every NBA team, it seems this season has struggled on the road. I guess very it's just, weird NBA season. Very, it's very, very weird. Yeah. It seems like every team stinks on the road, but the Raptors are just 12 and 24 on the road. 26 and 14 at home. So they're night and day, right? So they got six games left. Dead stuck at 500. You got five games on the road, two of which are against the Hornets, games that you should win. But then again, the Hornets just beat the, the Mavs in a back-to-back situation. So and I'm not even going to guarantee those wins. Um, And then the lone home game 
is against the Bucks, which is a, a very tough lone home game because at that point you would think the Bucks are going to still have the number one seed to clinch unless the Boston Celtics continue to falter. They did lose tonight, so that could help the Raptors because right now I'm looking at it. The Celtics are now two and a half games behind the Bucks, so maybe the Raptors get lucky in that final game and the Bucks rest some guys. That could be the case, but regardless, the Raptors are going to have a very tough six game stretch, all things considered, with the whole road element to not only you know be above 500 but to try to potentially move up because as we know the play-in you want to be a seventh or eighth seed because that means you're just going to win one game to get into the playoffs ideally you'd like to be seven so then you host that playoff game the raptors stay where they are now the hawks did win as well so the raptors despite the win are still stuck at ninth the raptors stay ninth or even fall to 10th you now got to win two playing games and you got to now win a road play-in game to get into the playoffs so um, I guess now we can get into, if you want, everybody else's schedule. But th- the whole thing that could be frustrating is the Raptors could be getting now hot at the right time. But because they decided to do this later on in the season, it might be too little too late because some of the other teams might still win. And if the Raptors do end up taking care of their business, they don't control their own destiny anymore. These other teams would need to fall off as well. And if they don't fall off as well, the Raptors would remain ninth or even fall back to 10th because those Chicago Bulls are right around the corner. They're only one and a half games back of the Raptors. So um, the next six are going to tell a lot. I think there's still going to be a lot more shuffling to be done in this play-in picture. The Raptors still do have an outside chance at sixth. I do want to throw that out there, looking at the standings. Very outside. Very much outside. But it's still technically mathematically alive, but in all likelihood... (laughs) It'll be seventh, eighth, ninth, or tenth for uh, for the Raptors. Yeah. So really, really quickly, uh, I'm also partially stalling because I'm trying to add the uh, schedules for every team in, in the ticker. But Luca, what team would you not want to play? Which play-in possibility scares you the most for the Raptors? Um. Yeah. So um, pretty sure. Yeah, I mentioned this off air. So what I see um, being a worst case scenario. Okay, worst case scenario is obviously Raptors finish 10th, right? Because now you got to win two road play-in games to get into the playoffs. And the Raptors stink on the road this season. So I don't see that at all. The Raptors finish 10th, they're they're basically toast unless they somehow pull off a miracle. If they finish 9th, that is still okay because at least you you still got to win two play-in games, which is the tough part. But at least one of them would be at home. And then you would potentially get Hawks, Heat, or Nets. Uh, depending on how that finishes off. And let's just say the Raptors luck out and get the Nets who lose their playing game in the first round and they drop, assuming they drop because right now they are still the sixth seed, then the Raptors would probably be favored in that game against the Nets. Um, I think the teams you would want to avoid in the plan are are this, uh, and this probably makes it easier to understand. You want to avoid, first and foremost, the Miami Heat. With a healthy Jimmy Butler, I think we can all agree they're a much different team. And especially if that game's in Miami, that changes everything. After that, I think you want to avoid the Chicago Bulls. Now, before you look at me funny, the Chicago Bulls have actually been playing much better basketball. I know they just got blown out by the Clippers, but overall, they've been playing much better basketball. They're 7-3 in their last 10. They beat the Lakers in LeBron's return on Sunday. Sorry, Sean. Um, that Bulls team, I think they're going to – they would have some juice playing the Raptors, especially if it's in Toronto. DeMar DeRozan, we know the ties and all that. I mean – DeMar DeRozan would love nothing more to eliminate the Raptors from playoff contention on their home floor. So that's the second uh, team that you wouldn't want to see. And then after that, I would go with the Hawks, 
uh, as being the third and then the team that you would definitely want to see in the play in in any way, shape, or form are the Brooklyn Nets if they fall out. Um, so yeah, if the Raptors could get in a plan situation where they got to beat a, a Hawks team or a Nets team, even if it's on the road, I, I still think the Raptors would fare well in that environment. But if you got to take on the Hawks or the Bulls home or away, I, I think that would be the toughest uh, matchup for them in the plan. Yeah, L- Luca is having uh, nightmares about DeMar DeRozan. Uh, game winner, eliminate the Raptors from the from the play. <laughs> what a dark timeline that is, Luca. Hey, man. I mean, the NBA script writers have gone crazy, right? So that would just be another uh, script that they could put out there that would just shock a lot of people. Yeah. All right. I finally, I think I finally got it. There we wow. go. Dedication. Do you actually typed in every schedule? Wow. Yep. So I'm uh, going to uh, – I need to do a better job of, like, separating it. All right, one <laughs> sec, because it's kind of hard. Based well, at least you're it. attempting to put all the schedules up there, which I did not expect you to do or anticipate. But, hey, I mean, that's uh, that's an A-plus effort right there. A, plus, a, a for effort. There we go. Heck, yeah. All right. I think we are good – to go let's see let's try it okay there we go yay so let's look at it let's break it down so uh the miami heat their schedule is they got at new york which is a big game that the raptors are going to keep with their eyes so if you're a raptors fan you're definitely rooting for new york their easter conference opponent that could further knock miami down uh dallas at detroit at philadelphia at washington they end out uh with the home game against the magic your raptors at philly at charlotte at charlotte so the, the good thing about this five-game road trip, which I will say, you're in the same city for basic, for essentially like four of these games. Like you're really, really traveling to three cities for these five games. So that's an underrated part of it. You're just like, spe- geez, you're spending an extra night in Charlotte than you normally yeah. would, an extra night in Boston than you normally would. And then they end the season with the home game against Milwaukee, like Luke already mentioned. Uh, for Brooklyn – their uh, season schedule is uh, they got Atlanta, so that's a big one. Uh, Utah, Minnesota, all at home at Detroit, Orlando at home in Philly, and then uh, Atlanta. They end out with at Brooklyn, like we just mentioned, Dallas, Chicago at Chicago, Washington, Philly, and then at Boston. So look at this at face value. I think that that Atlanta schedule is tough. Like, yeah. There's not really a game. They'll, they'll be favored for that Washington game. But, like, especially if Philly and Boston still playing everybody, there's not a game in, the, in that schedule where I think uh, Atlanta's going to be favored in. So that's tough. But, um, you know, look at this. I, I think when you, when you talk about the Nets in Atlanta, like, yeah, Luca, Brooklyn, Atlanta, who should Raptors fans be rooting for to win that game? Should you Would you root for the Nets, who you're still, like you said, technically – chasing although it's not likely do you root for brooklyn and try to hope Atlanta knocks down or do you say hey look we just gotta win games atlanta go ahead we'll catch you and try to further knock down brooklyn no i think uh in this scenario you just want to pass the team ahead of you i think the goal is to just pass the hawks so i think uh, rooting for the nets in that scenario would be uh the likeliest uh, thing or the best case scenario, because I think looking at these schedules at face value, yeah, I agree with you, Sean, the Hawks definitely have the toughest remaining schedule. And I think our prediction is looking pretty good. 
looking at all this, I think we both agree the Raptors are going to finish eighth. And uh, I think they will pass the Hawks. And let me look at this Brooklyn schedule actually right now for the first time. Atlanta, Utah, Minnesota, Detroit. The Detroit and Orlando games, they should win, right? But, I mean, yeah. Even even Utah, that's not like a guarantee. Like If they, like, don't play their players, then Brooklyn should win that. But, like, Utah wants to win, then I think Utah's starting to, like, pack it in now. But, like, if Utah wants to win, Utah could beat Brooklyn. Like, Utah is well-coached. They but got the thing the about that is, I think the Jazz have packed it in. Uh, they've yeah, lost like so, a couple in a row now. So I think the Jazz are going to be in tank mode. So I could see three Brooklyn wins on that schedule. So that would put the Raptors out of potentially passing them. Uh, Miami, you know, Knicks, Dallas, Detroit, Philly, Washington. They probably won like three of those. So, yeah, it's going to be very interesting. But I, I think I, I feel confident with my Raptors finishing eighth after looking at this. I, I think Atlanta definitely has the most daunting task. and. They're not getting none of those games are going to be easy because I mean, Washington still has a very long shot chance to get into the play in, but they just beat the Celtics. So I don't know what the hell that team's doing. Like, have they packed it in? Are they still going for it? I have no idea, but the Hawks definitely have their work cut out for them. And they played Cleveland tonight, too. So Atlanta's just in this big time win. That was a big win because, yeah, they're just in this incredibly tough stretch right now for the Hawks. And I haven't watched very many Hawks games, so like. I don't know, like, is Trey Young just, like, a passer now? Like, dude dude took, like, 12 shots tonight. I, I haven't watched very many uh, Hawks games recently. But, I mean, kudos to Quinn. They're winning more. So, maybe I need to, to watch them uh, more frequently. But look at the schedule. I think I see four wins for Miami uh, at base value. I think they beat Dallas. I think they beat Detroit. And then the last two, Washington, Orlando. So, that even kind of puts Miami further out of reach. Um Brooklyn, I see three. Maybe if you get like if you do beat beat Atlanta, maybe you can get you can touch four. But I see three at face value, and then uh, Atlanta. God, whoa, that that schedule's tough. Uh, yeah, I think it's safe to say Atlanta is the likeliest to drop. And I'm not uh, grilling you for not doing this, but we didn't even mention the Bulls. I mean, the Bulls are only a one and a half games back of the Raptors. I'll quickly just go over their schedule. They got the Lakers, who Sean just went on record before saying they're gonna the Lakers are gonna guarantee win that game. So lost. Um, they got the Hornets, easy game for the Bulls there. They got the Grizzlies, tough game. They got the Hawks, big game, the Bucks, big game, Dallas, and then the Pistons. So I, I think for the most part, the Bulls remaining schedule is a little tough. Too yeah, tough in my opinion for them to leave yeah. yeah. Like I'm not gonna lie, I think I only counted two wins there. Like Charlotte in what? Yeah. Um, Hornets, Pistons. Yeah, and then you could argue the Hawks. Yeah, you could argue the Hawks. You could honestly argue Dallas because Dallas is Dallas. a wreck. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so that's four. Yeah, like there's a there's a world where they get four. I think there it's most likely they get like three. I think that's the yeah. most likely outcome okay so let's uh yeah let's talk about the raptors now so six games left let's make our official prediction to end this off so they got six games remaining big game friday night in philly philadelphia's on a three game losing streak right now then they got the hornets back to back in charlotte um and then uh i don't have it in front of me right now they got uh they got the celtics two times in a row right in boston and then they have milwaukee last game of the season 
at Scotiabank. How many wins do you see? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This might sound pessimistic. But I'm just like leveling the expectations. I see three. I think they split Charlotte. Or like that's the expectation is yeah. that you just split Charlotte. Like you should like roster to roster. You should beat Charlotte twice, honestly, pretty handily. But leveling expectations, like you said, nobody is like, who has the best road record? That's like a trivia question on jeopardy like who has the best road nba record i'm curious to look that up right now as we talk but wait okay so wait as i look that up you said three wins so that means if you have the raptors splitting charlotte where are those other two coming i'm curious now who do you have them beating i think they beat philly friday no james Harden friday at least that's what it seems like um and yeah i think i think they beat philly right i think they got a lot of momentum built up right i think toronto can go into philly and get one um, and then uh, I think I had them splitting Boston for the same reason I had them splitting with Charlotte. Like, Boston's the better team, but it's just so freaking hard to beat a team twice in, like, what, three days? or four? It's, it's like a playoff series, right? Like, except at the end of the regular season, where, honestly, Boston might be in the, eh, we're, we're the two seed. We're, we're, let's not do anything dumb and irrational. Like, that's really the reasoning. And then... Honestly, for that reason, you could maybe beat Milwaukee, played Milwaukee tough, but to level out expectations, I think you win three. And then I think, honestly, three gets you to eight. Uh, or, yeah, because what? Yeah, Atlanta's yeah. eight. You're tied with Atlanta. You just need to be one game better than Atlanta to uh, to make it. You can't tie with Atlanta, like, in terms of final six, because Atlanta's a tiebreaker. Yeah. The tiebreaker so, might screw them. I just realized, yeah. Yeah, so, like, if Atlanta wins two, just win three. If Atlanta wins three, yeah. you gotta win four. So yeah, that's um, the tough part. But the good thing is, like we just mentioned, there's only one game on Atlanta's schedule where I'm like, they're the favorite. Yeah. Maybe two, because again, Dallas is just a wreck. But like, there's only one game left for yeah. Atlanta. Where I'm like, they'll win. 
And and that's a tough thing for the for the Hawks, but a good thing for uh, if you're a Raptors fan. Uh so yeah, very uh off track here. Uh the team with the best road record, it appears to be um the Celtics are eleven games over five hundred on the road. They're twenty four and fifteen. Or sorry, that's nine. My bad. That's nine. Uh, yeah. Okay, so the buck my bot's bad. The Bucks have the best road record at twenty four and fourteen. Wow, Go figure the, the the best team in the NBA has the best road record. Yeah. And, that and, and, and the crazy and the crazy part is okay, so the East actually has a couple of teams over uh five hundred. Philly good on the road too. Sorry? Is Philly good on the road too? Yeah, they're good on uh, the road. Yeah. The East have a, a lot of teams actually that are good on the road. The West is insane. So get ready for this. The Kings have the best uh road record in the West at 22 and 14. And then only two other teams in the West have an above 500 road record. The 19 and 18 Nuggets on the road, which is one game over. And then the 19 and 18 Clippers, which is, of course, just one game over. So the West, I I guess that narrative is true for the West of them just all Western Conference teams thinking on the road with the exception of the Kings. That's insane. You have three teams. You have, like, equal teams with, like, under 10 road wins and over 30. Like, you have three home teams. I mean, three teams with over 30 home wins and three teams with less than 10 road wins. That's bad. And go figure that one of the teams with 30 home wins have less than 10 road wins than the Warriors. Yeah, that's like, insane. Wow. Like, that's cra- – like, you, you look at the league. Like, you got teams that are, like, mid or, like, really bad – with borderline up like 500 home records like the, the the pacers are 19 and 18 in home but 14 and 25 on the road like yeah so that's insane but. yeah so the bucks have uh, the best road record so okay here's my prediction i think um okay so oh yeah i see them splitting with the hornets that's one um you, you bring up a good point because like back to backs it's tough to win two because like a playoff series right teams make adjustments and um that's why maybe they get one against boston but boston i just think has the raptor have the raptors number so i'm actually going to say that okay they beat the hornets once for sure they beat the bucks last game of the season only because i think at that point milwaukee's gonna have everything wrapped up they're gonna take it easy so that's gonna go well for the raptors that's two and then i'm gonna say the third one is gonna come either this friday or they'll end up sweeping the Hornets. I actually don't see them getting a win against the Celtics, for as bad as that sounds. That's possible. That makes some sense. Yeah. Um, hmm. Yeah. That, that's definitely um, possible. Like, yeah, like if you told me – if you told me Toronto, like, swept Charlotte and it lost both to, to Boston, I wouldn't be surprised. That's fine. But, again, like – just, I was just trying to like level the expectations because like I feel like there's an emotional high and the overreactions of social media. Oh, the Raptors are about to go five and one. Like no, like that that is not no. happening. No, yeah, there's no way. Not with this schedule. And I guess yeah. So that's the overreaction. And then the sky is falling again. This team is terrible. Is if the Raptors somehow lose both to the Hornets, like what the Mavs did, then yeah. it's like. The fan base will turn on this team quickly again. That's why, like, right now in this position, I'm not going to overly react to what's going on. Like, they're 500, three-game winning streak. They just beat Miami, which is great. But, like I said at the top of the show, their truest test is still to come. These next six games, there's going to be a lot at stake in every single one of these. And there's going to be a lot of scoreboard watch- watching. So, it's going to be a 
It's going to be a fun time. It's going to be a fun time for sure. Yeah. All right. I want to end things off with, because I haven't been able to get your opinion on this. I just recorded a video that got posted uh, yesterday at the time of this recording on some weird, really, really weird coaching rumors um, in, in regards of that uh, the Raptors, should he become available? And should the Raptors, I think the word he was, should the Raptors be interested? Emu Doka could be a potential option for the Raptors to be their head coach next season. Um, that's if, because there was an article from Shams around the trade deadline that, hey, the Raptors and Nick Nurse might, you know, look to move on after the season. You know, he only has one year left on his deal at around $8 million, which, really quick side note, I think it's really, maybe it's not, I guess it's not weird. It's just very rare that you see NBA coaches' salary, um, ex, ex, not, I don't know what the word is, exposed or like stated there we go like because college is a lot more frequent like for example texas just uh hired or i guess what would the word be like extended i guess their their interim head coach and gave them promoted there we go promoted them to head coach and they disclosed the amount of money it was you don't really see that from the nba side of things that's i guess a really weird uh note that in the article they mentioned for eight million dollars but luca emio doka would you be interested if the Raptors and Nick Kinners somehow parted ways? Um, first and foremost, I don't think they will. I, I agreed with your take earlier. Um, I think it was in a previous show that you said, yeah, Nick Nurse definitely gets one more year. I, I think they're going to honor that final year. I don't see a world, even if the things like end up hitting the fan and the most disastrous thing you can think of happens for me or on out. I still think Nick Nurse survives another year. And with the whole Ime Udoka situation, what's interesting that a lot of people don't realize is back in 2018, he was actually one of the finalists for the head coaching position with the Toronto Raptors. Of course, Nick Nurse beat him out then. So there is a connect. There, there's a connection there. Raptors obviously familiar with him. And Udoka, I know there's a lot of the off-the-court stuff that taints his name, but we got to give this guy his flowers for the on-the-court stuff. Took the Celtics, the NBA Finals in his first season. Had some really good uh, assistant coaching stints with some other teams. Raptors obviously had interest in him a couple of years ago. So if the whole Nick Nurse thing fails and yep. the Raptors get rid of him either this season or next season when his contract is up, I think Ime Udoka, if he's still available, that's a big if because I think he won't be if it doesn't happen this summer. I think a team will hire him for next season. But he would probably be the next coach in line uh, post-Nick Nurse. So. Yeah. If the Raptors somehow, to answer your question, if the Raptors somehow fire Nick Nurse after this season, I can see them getting Ime Udoka. But I just don't think that reality exists. I think they ride it out another year with Nick Nurse. And then next season, if they do get rid of Nick Nurse, at that point, Udoka's going to have a coaching job. I'd be shocked if he didn't. And then I don't know who the Raptors would get at that point. Yeah, you, you kind of stole the words right out of my mouth there, Luca. Because um, basically all I was going to say was, if you're going to fire Nick, which, again, I have stayed on the show, I disagree with that. I think it would be kind of dramatic to do that after one bad year where he just took a team and, you know, surpassed all the expectations and only a couple of years removed from super surpassed the expectations post-Kawhi because there's a lot of uncertainty around that team. And he took them from, uh, like, one game away from the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, yeah. So... I, I think there'll be a, a massive mistake and you don't replace top, like top five head coaches don't grow on trees, right? 
So if you do do that, you have to have a plan in mind. And that's why I think it's interesting. So like if you're going to do it, you have to go get Emiodoka. Yeah. Kind of to go on to your point, like you're not, I'm not hiring, I'm not firing Nick Nurse to get Billy Joel or, you know, like Tom, Tommy Dreamer off the sidewalk to come. No, I'm not getting a, a random dude. I'm going to get the Kareem and the crop, Emiodoka. Like you said, the off the court stuff is a whole nother conversation. But as a coach in like X's and O's and building out of staff, because he has two assistants that are doing a hell of a job right now. In their own right, uh, Joe Mazzula in yeah. Boston, head coach. Will Hardy, one of my favorite head coaches right now, doing a heck of a job in, in Utah. Like, Emiodoka is the top eight head coach when he's actually coaching. He did a phenomenal job last season on both sides of the ball. And you can maybe even argue, Luca. Now, who knows if this was more him or Will Hardy, but you could argue that Emiodoka is a better offensive coach than Nick Nurse. So, yeah, from, for sure. From an offensive standpoint, and I've really been like saying a, a lot on the channel is whenever I watch the Raptors, it's just like everything is tough. You could make an argument, hey, you'd upgrade offensively at least by getting Udoka, and there's not much of a step back defensively either. So you could definitely entertain it, but I don't think it's gonna happen. Yeah, I, I don't think so either. I mean, I'd be shocked, put it that way. I'd be shocked if the Raptors parted way with Nick Nurse after the season, after, let's just say, um, they're not going to miss the plan, um, losing in the first round or, or getting eliminated in the plan, I should say. I'd be shocked if the Raptors parted way with Nick Nurse. But yeah, if you are going to make that big, bold of a move, you definitely got to replace Nick Nurse with Udoka. There's no other replacement if that were to be the case. But I think we both see a world where, yeah, no, Nick Nurse will get that extra year and, uh, Next year, though, he could very well be on the hot seat if the Raptors find themselves in this same position. Yeah. Like, and, and this kind of to put a wrap on that thing, um, if as long as if the Raptors do it, and as long as they replace it with Emmy, I won't be mad at it. I still yeah. honestly maybe even disagree with it, but I'll be like, okay, like, cool. You're not replacing them with the 25th best head coach. You're replacing them with a bona fide top 10 head coach. So, that that's my piece and there. then you would have the whole uh and then the whole uh, jalen brown to raptors agenda would just grow stronger if the raptors <laughs> the Udoka. i thought, I thought jalen like hated udoka was that not a thing yeah that might have been i'm just playing off the whole thing i've been seeing online of yeah raptors oh, fans okay. thinking that jb could come to toronto but oh jb's yeah. out of there though he's out yeah i think so too it's gonna Whether, be interesting real go. yeah i don't know where he is like contract wise like either Wait, way, so is he is he is he a free agent this summer? Unrestricted? No, I don't think it's this year. Oh, okay, it might so. be next year. But like either way, oh, let me say. Either way, he's out. Whether it's this year, next year. Hey, this con. He's like overplaying his contract too. This contract's a bargain. Hold on. So he's a, he's next year is the last year of his deal, and he'll only be making twenty eight million dollars. That's like that's super team friendly for wow. a player of his caliber. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, he's going to get the bag. He could definitely get the number one player's bag somewhere else. All right. I, I know I said last thing, but I'm going to entertain the Jayla Brown to Toronto rumors real quick. This summer, would you do <laughs> dang near Pascal Siakam for Jayla Brown? Straight up. Oh, yeah, for sure. I would. 
No, I know Raptors fan. I know Raptors fans would say Siakam clears JB. Like we all agree, Tatum, Siakam for sure. But then Raptors right. would say that Siakam clears JB. I'd like to differ. Yeah, I love JB, it. No, because JB to me, I would argue he's a better clutch performer than Tatum. And JB has potential to be the number one guy. I just think he's kind of overshadowed with that because he's got Tatum. But you put JB on a team and you give him the keys to the car, I think he can be absolutely deadly. So I, I to answer your question, I would do that for sure. Could you imagine JB with Barnes? Like, oh my goodness. Yeah, JB. Dude, uh, uh, you're with if you had a, a team with your wings, oh man, Jalen Brown, uh, OG, Scotty, yeah, and Jakob. That's a good four out of five. And then you don't bring back Fred and get like a cheaper guard. <laughs> That's nasty. Oh man, now the only my only backdraw to that is I don't know how Boston feels about a Tatum. Siakam fit, but you could go Siakam small ball five. You could. Uh, Boston, with I don't, Boston wouldn't do that. I don't think. Yeah. Uh, I don't think uh, Stevens would do that at all. Uh, and I, I think the bigger thing with the Jalen trade is. I mean, they, sorry to interrupt you. They didn't even want to trade him up apparently for KD. They're not going to trade JV for Siakam. True, but expiring contract and yeah. like if Jalen's like, screw you, I'm out. You gotta get something. Yeah. Yeah, I know that that could if if let's just say and I, I, we're going super off track here. Well, not really because we're tying it to the Raptors potentially getting JB. But let's just say the Celtics have a huge shortcoming in the playoffs. I, I think that would be a second round exit. That'd be disappointing, right? Or even somehow first. But let's say second. We'll be reasonable. Raptors upset in the first round. <laughs> uh, yeah, J, there's definitely going to be cracks, and I think a, a a JB trade potentially could happen this summer if all goes wrong for the Celtics and they don't get out of the second round. Even if, yeah, even if they like get disappointed in the conference finals for like them, in the conference finals, exactly. Like yeah. yeah. For yeah. them, they got to make it back to the finals for, you know, to shut up those narratives, I think. Yeah. I don't know. I, and again, we're kind of going a little off the wire here. Kind of more talking about basketball in general. The Jalen Brown thing is I did, why I think he's gone. It's just so weird. Cause I've never seen a, t- a player, like in the midst of a crazy good season, like he's having career highs and a lot of st- a lot of statistical categories. His team is winning games. So like the there's only two teams that have won over 50 games. I think it's them in Boston. I think they've won 50. I mean them in Milwaukee. Excuse me. Like they're one of the title favorites. And how like openly like how open he's been about how much he like basically hates the fan base and hates Boston and the weird dynamic with him and Tatum. Even he's opened up about with the KD stuff in the summer. He, he, he's gone. Like, yeah, I think it's in boss's best interest to do something this summer. I can see a world where he's gone. Yeah. And and very quickly, another guy I could see being gone soon is is Dame, right? Same type of situation. I don't buy it. I don't buy that one. I don't buy that. That's another guy who I think would uh, make uh, for a great Raptor. I I, I always envision that, like, even before uh, the Kawhi Leonard trade went down. Obviously, I love that the Raptors got Kawhi Leonard. But before that whole thing went down, I was so pro, like, trying to get Damian Lillard. I just always thought he would make a good fit here in Toronto. You wanted to be what uh, Damon and Demar? Yeah, before Kawhi, the superstar that I wanted to see here was uh, was Dame. Yeah, I don't know the Dame thing. I feel like we're just like going around in a circle, and we're just doing like nothing's gonna happen. Like 
I, I, I don't know. I don't see it, but we're definitely getting off the rails. So Raptors Nation, comment down below. Basically what we're getting at is a crazy NBA where anything can happen and things change in a span of like 15 minutes in this world we're living in. But comment down below, what is your record prediction for the Raptors over this last six games? And what do you think is this team ceiling? Like, could they do the improbable, not impossible, but the improbable and beat like a Boston in the first round? And as always, subscribe right here to the Raptors H YouTube channel. Ring that post notification bell as well. Sean Davis and Luke Rosano, stay safe. We'll see you guys next time. Peace out.